Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. I'm here with Maggie Mills today. And how are you? Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Because we, we had a wonderful conversation when we, we met previously, and I think we have similar views and enthusiasm. So thank you for an opportunity to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing that I am meeting a ghostwriter, I know that maybe in your world that's normal, but for me it's not. So this is my, my first uh, experience actually meeting a ghostwriter and getting to hear all about what you do. So I cannot wait to dig in. Um, You'll have to cut me off when when the time is over because I love <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? So ghostwriters are very talkative. Is that a thing? I didn't know that. I, I don't know very many other ghostwriters. Really? And our job really is to stay in the background and mm-hmm. no one knows us. It's completely anonymous. And I love that. So maybe that's why when I have the opportunity <laughs> to talk. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm out in front now and people can know who I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how in the world did you get into it? Like most of my career, I fell into it backwards. Mm. Um, I've been writing and editing for a number of years and I was working with a publisher and it just sort of snowballed. Um, editing went into rewriting, went into, by the way, can you just write the whole book? And of course I said, oh, yes, yes, of course I can. And I just did. Wow. (laughs) Was it any particular topic that you loved at the time or was it just? Um, I've been very fortunate. I know in business, they tell you all about the niche. So in in one respect, I do have my niche with um, writing and editing, but the subject matter and the type of authors I work with are all over the place. And I love that. And in my writing career, I've um, I've written for a biker magazine, um, fashion. uh, I've written for preachers, lawyers, Wall Street, stockbrokers, education, medical, I'm sure I'm forgetting stuff. So, and everything from fiction to nonfiction, anything from short stories to long, like no real niche? Um, For the fiction work, I will coach authors. They do their own writing and then I come back and, you know, we meet every two weeks and talk about what they've written and we sort of brainstorm where they go from there. So mm-hmm. they do their own writing and I, I talk them through exercises that make it fun and a little bit easier to, mm-hmm. uh, to get the chapters finished. My son has a hidden interest in becoming an author someday. And oh. I say hidden because he's out on the construction site <laughs> every day. So it's a very, you know, like everyone thinks he's going to run a construction company and maybe he will. But right now his, um, you know, hidden talent, you could say that he's, you know, I think he's trying to get stories from a construction site. They just don't know it yet. (laughs) But if you, if you knew there was a young, you know, potential author that was looking to curate a story, where would you suggest they start? This is something I actually love doing because I, I will meet people through business 
and I love encouraging other writers, and I'm happy to meet with all of them. And as a general rule, I say, start taking down notes about your ideas right away, in whichever way you like to keep notes. It, you know, some people want to talk into their phone. A lot of people like to write longhand or create Word documents. Just start gathering all the information and ideas and have it in a place you can find it. <laughs> the secret. <laughs> Where yeah, can you find it again later? <laughs> find it again. Um, you know, cassette tapes may not be your best choice right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah. Although I'm sure there's somebody who can convert them. But I say don't try to write the book right away because that puts so much pressure on people. But make notes of your stories. And mm. then a part of the process in working with authors is that we'll start talking about the story and that refreshes their memory. It comes yeah. back even more vividly. It's the conversations mm. that bring it to life. So just save your notes, write it all down, whatever strikes you, and then you'll have a lot of the work done when you're ready to write your book. I love that. You know, there was something recently in the coaching industry that we heard about the power of experiences and remembering your experiences and, you know, really coming from a place of being able to recognize how did I feel in that experience? And so really what you're saying is like, it's like we all have books inside of us and we don't even know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I think just from the example, example of all the different types of authors I've worked with, these are not people who went through college and have English degrees. You know, they're from all walks of life, which mm. makes it fascinating. They they have so much to share from so many different perspectives. Yes, I I think almost everyone has a book in them. That's amazing. So when you work with someone, how are you typically working? Is it one on one work? You're doing editing. You're doing the the muscle behind it. You're either or both? Um, it is one-on-one -on -one, uh, because I love that. I know from a business point of view, we always want to scale up mm. and I do it a little bit differently because working with authors is, it's very intimate because in many cases, they're retelling experiences from their life that are quite emotional and yeah. cathartic for them. And there, you need to have a trusting relationship. And I like to give people my full attention when we talk because I am very interested in what they have to say. And part of what brings that memory back more vividly for them, which in turn translates into the book, is that I ask a lot of questions because I'm curious, which is a nicer word yeah. than nosy. I'm curious. Yes. Um, for instance, someone was telling me about it was very important to her to spend time with her grandmother when she was growing up. Okay, well, that's a blanket statement that a lot of us can identify with. So I would ask her, where did your grandmother live? Did she live in the city in a row house and you had to walk up the steps to get to her house? Um, was the kitchen in the back of the house? Could you smell what was on the stove when you walked in the door? Did you go on Sundays? You know, was your grandmother a huggable type of woman who would come out and grab you and squeeze you? Or was she more uh, standoffish? So we ask these type of questions and it gets people to thinking about what it was really like. And, you know, so you're including the senses 
like for instance, my mother-in-law would either have um, opera or Frank Sinatra playing in the house on Sundays. So we invoke, you know, what were we hearing? Yeah. Who was there? What did it smell like? I could smell the sauce on the back of the stove, you know. So um, are you in the end sort of a pseudo-therapist for some? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's a hidden, it's a, it's a, there's different ways to do therapy and healing. And I could see how writing a book, whether or not it sold would be one of the most healing things a person could do. This is the feedback. You, you are absolutely on target about that. You're so intuitive about the experience. Thank you for saying that. Yes. I hear this almost from every author, every type of book even if it's a business book, um, that it helped them heal. And not only does it help people heal, when we talk about people in the book, um, you know, my ex-husband or my former boss, uh, my sister, we discuss, are we going to name them by name? Do you want to use a pseudonym, (laughs) which is perfectly acceptable? We just put a little thing in the beginning of the book. I've changed the names. Yeah. And um, I, I always bring up the, the option of, do you want to discuss this with your family before it mm-hmm. goes to print? Mm-hmm. Let them know you're writing a book. If they're featured in the book, maybe let them see a chapter or two. And this also brings about healing to discuss with the family um, things that the children didn't know, adult yeah. children. You want to talk to them about this perhaps before it goes in print. <laughs> yeah. So when someone is, say, here's this whisper of like, I'd like to write a book. And at what point, I mean, do they have to come to you with an idea or can they come to you and just say, I don't even know, but I just know I want to write something? Almost everyone already has the idea, whether they admit it or not. You know, they might be a little hesitant to talk about what the idea is because it's so close to their heart. It's close to their heart and they don't know if other people think it's valuable, but if it's even crossed your mind, it is valuable. And so that people come to me from every stage from, I just have this idea to, I have been working on this book for 20 years. I have. 20 notebooks, a box full of tapes. I've saved all these pictures. So we we get the gamut from just an idea Hmm. to a room full of documents. And we start there. And we work on an outline. And an outline is like a living document. It's just a place to start to get you moving and sort of remind you where you want to go. And that outline will change as the book progresses. Because as you write a chapter, it might get really long and you decide, hmm, I'm actually covering three topics in one chapter. Right, right. It will become three chapters. So I sort of look at that outline as, um, I'm going to say the wrong word, like the armature of um, a float, um, a Mardi Gras float. You know, it's the steel structure. And then on top of that, you add all the decorations that make it into the beautiful piece that it finally becomes. But you need to start somewhere and you can change that up a little bit. 
and that gets people moving. I can feel the inspiration, like just, I don't know. I, I think I feel the belief that you have that everyone has that story in them and the belief in yourself that you're able to help curate that, bring that out and through asking questions. So how long have you been doing this? Oh my gosh. Um, I kind of circled back to it. I started writing. I wrote my first television television script when I was about five years old. No, nobody picked it up, but uh, <laughs> it was I've in you. A, a little, I've made a little television box. Remember when we made everything out of yes. shoe boxes? Mm -hmm. You could make, you know, a volcano out of a shoe box. There was a little television set. And we created a, my mother was very talented. We created a roll of paper and I drew out all the storyboards on the paper and I wrote the script for the television show. Um, so I started then and then people started paying me for this much later. I mm. <laughs> uh, started writing for newspapers and again, magazines, mm. um, got into book work, um, just through referrals and just dug deeper and deeper. So uh, professionally, maybe how old am I? Uh, decades. Let's just say decades. Wow. That is incredible. And so not only do you have this belief that you can help people bring out a story, no matter who they are and where they're at in the journey, but you also, um, you see it and you're interested. I mean, still, you're still interested in more stories. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Because everyone that comes to me is a little bit different. And I think you talk a lot about belief, and that's so important. And I, I always try to encourage others. Yeah. But I think my belief comes from I, I don't know everything. And as long as I focus on serving the author, because it's going to look different with every book. Um, some people are naturally very good writers, and they they just need encouragement. Um, a lot of it is discipline. Those of us in business, we're pretty quick to admit, most people yeah. across the board, I'm really good at this, that, or the other, but I could use some help with the discipline. <laughs> and so when people know they have a call with me on Thursday, they get to work Wednesday. Like, oh my gosh, I got to bang this out and send it to Maggie to read. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Hiring a coach for me, like mm -hmm. literally paying for it, being willing to commit to it. It's almost like as soon as I commit to it, then I did whatever I said I was going to do. And I'm like, you know, you get to that point where you're like, did I even need to make the, the meeting? Yes. Yes, you did. But it was really about making that commitment. Yes, that's a good word. It is a commitment. And it's it's kind of a little bit of a game. They think they're making the commitment to be, I need to show up for Maggie, but they're really yeah. showing up for themselves. Right. And especially people who've been working on a book for a long time, mm. this is, I, I'm kind of the excuse. Right. Oh, well, right. I need to put two hours in on that this week because I have a meeting with Maggie. Yeah. It's, it's about finishing up their dream. I'm, I'm experiencing that right now with one of my authors who's writing a children's book. Mm. He is absolutely delightful. And he's one of these people I've had notes for years and years and I, I'm so excited to watch this project take off for him now. It's becoming real. It's more than just, I've always wanted to do this. 
He's working with an illustrator. We're introducing him to publishers. It's real. That's what I was just going to ask how you then help people through the process. Like, do you help them pick what type of book? And I mean, any, this is, my mind is just a little bit blown because when you think about all of the different methods that you could publish something and, and especially in hardcover or, you know, soft or like, how do you help make those decisions? That is an excellent question. Because you're right, the world of publishing has just opened up so much, which is very exciting. So I make a point of um, meeting as many publishers as I can in as many different genres. So then I can connect them to authors. And every publisher offers a little bit different type of service from there's a lot that people can DIY. You can load a book yourself up onto Amazon. Yeah. It is possible. And so there are publishers who um, they'll just get it up on Amazon for you. They'll get it onto the shelves in, in Barnes and Noble. Uh, then they help with marketing, which I think is very important. You can yeah. write the next bestseller, but if no one knows it's there yeah. to buy it, it will lay dormant and you'll sell three copies to your friends. Right. But maybe. Right. Um, so there are also publishers who will just teach you marketing or do the marketing for you. And, and there are publishers who say, we will guarantee a New York times bestseller if you work with us. So it's all over the place. Um, and I give the author choices. I'll say, here are some publishers who might fit with you. Look at them. It needs to be a good fit, like choosing a doctor. You need to feel comfortable with them. And I, I turn it over. Sometimes I'll attend initial meetings with them to help them ask questions. But I stick with the creative side. Yeah. I don't try to do any of the publishing side because it's, it's huge. Yeah. Well, well you, you know. stick with the publishing or the creative side, but then you have all the resources that, that we still need when we're uh, thinking about this. Yes. I love to connect people, you know, illustrators and things like that. I try to put people together. You're a creator making it happen. So what do you know about yourself that just helps you and inspires you every day? Like, are you working in your zone of genius? It sounds like you are <laughs> like most of the time. Uh, okay. I have, I have everything with me as a story. Like, well, that's perfect. Okay. So the story goes about 20 years ago, I had a meeting with a doctor um, and she was just a lovely person and never, she was sort of a homeopathic doctor and she took two hours to meet with me. That just doesn't happen. She asked me all about my life and what I was eating and my work and what I was doing. And um, she looked at me and she said, you should help people write their books. And I thought, oh, she's being really nice. I had never heard of anything like that in my life. I thought, it's a nice idea, but who would pay for that, you know? And I just sort of like locked that away in a far distant corner of my brain. Well, she's just being nice, you know. And then a series of events happened and I was working with publishers on editing and things like that. And it just evolved. And the publishers started to ask me, 
could you just meet with the authors? I, I think, you know, they have so many questions about the process and you do this all the time. Would you mind meeting with them? And from the first moment I met with an author, I just went, this is where I belong. I love that. Because all of my years of all this obscure detail and yeah. all these crazy experiences I've had, I actually have information that can help them. <laughs> I totally like, get it. Here, yeah. take it. it you know, yes. this happened to me in, you know, 2012. And if that helps you, here we go. Yes. It was like the first minute. And from that moment on, I just felt like this is where I've belonged. This is why I've had so many crazy jobs and crazy experiences because it all makes sense now. Mm. It's all coming together because I grew up in a time where you went to school. If you went to college, you chose a major, you went to one school, that's the field you went into. And I blew that one out of the water immediately. I left home at 17. I wound up going to five different colleges, studying everything from art and photography and design to Chinese history and geography. And you know, I had more minors than anybody. And I used to be embarrassed because I wasn't focused. Mm -hmm. And um, I was working my way through college doing graphic design. And I had a lovely client who um, I was taking designs over to her house one day, delivering them to her. She uh, put on um, continuing education in the health field. And she would arrange these classes all over the world so doctors and nurses could get a vacation out of their continuing education. And I really admired her because that takes so much knowledge to do that. And I went to her house and I met with her and she was very nice and friendly. And she was asking me, well, what are you doing? And I was probably like, it took me 10 years to get through these five colleges. <laughs> I was probably like in my 10th year. And I said, well, I'm doing this, that, and the other. And I guess I better focus on one thing. And she looked at me and she said, why? And I went, um, I couldn't answer her. She said, do you know what I used to do before I started leading all these medical CEUs. And I said, I have no idea. She said, I was a rocket. <laughs> so, and I don't know if all your listeners will know what a rocket is, but it's a dancer at Radio City Music Hall in New York. And they're especially famous for the Christmas show where they all stand in line and they kick their legs. So she was a rocket. She said, and in addition to that, I'm a character actress. Here, look at my sheet. That's awesome. And so she was so inspiring that we don't necessarily have to focus on one thing. What you experience may help someone else one day. Your story is very inspiring and it speaks to so much of what I believe. Like this idea that there's just this linear path to success or linear path to adulting is sort of... Um, setting people up for the opposite of success it's it's very it's very stressful yeah uh, yes I was, do you know how many kids have anxiety in. today sorry oh to interrupt I, I no 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 I'm I, see that's called enthusiasm that's not an eruption <laughs> we're inspired yes um, yes I agree with you I see it because when I got out of college of course I was working all my way through college but there was never a moment of oh what now Mm -hmm. 
I just kept churning forward. And I see this, I started to see it with my son's contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Um, they would come over to the house for dinner and we'd start talking and they were just very anxious about what to do. Yeah. And I'm watching people just go for one degree after another degree after another degree because they don't know what to do outside of the academic world. It's very intimidating to them. So while that wasn't my experience, I'm watching it and trying to understand. Yeah. And there is so much pressure put on people. Um, The reality is successful by not following that linear path. Yes. Yes. I think that that's the story that I would like for others to hear is that the opportunity to be working in your zone of genius and being who you're meant to be is really not necessarily a linear path. And it's not necessarily traditional. Like the, the idea of being a ghostwriter. I mean, there's people that I've talked to today and I've said, well, did you know there's the option of um, being a copywriter? And they're like, what's a copywriter (laughs) or like any kind of virtual assistant. Now, you know, in today's world, the opportunities have shifted because of the technology that we have. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, amazing, you know, for everybody to be able to look outside of the geographical boundaries that used to exist. So is there anything else that comes to mind that you would love to share with anyone considering their future and their future in business specifically, if they were considering going out on their own? Yes. Okay. Let me narrow this down. There's like 500 things I want to share. Um, it is very easy to fall into the pressure of the right way of doing something and big numbers. It's all about how many followers do you have? How big is your email list? And this works. There's no doubt about it. The more followers you have and the more clicks, blah, blah, blah. it doesn't work for everybody in every circumstance, in every type of business. You have to trust yourself enough to know and believe in the things that work for you. And I I see how this happens. And there's like this moment of guilt. I belong to a number of um, business groups and I'll see everyone else talking about, you know, client management systems and this, that, and the other. And, 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 some of the things we just mentioned, you know, how big is your email list? I'm like, I don't, I never use one. I've written thousands of business emails for people in my life. And I don't email people. And I used to have a blog and like, seriously, who in the right mind wants to read about the proper use of a semicolon? It's just ridiculous. You know, I love it. There's like four other geeks out there and they're not going to buy anything from me. That's right. fine. We can geek out on punctuation over cocktails, you know. Right. So people who people need to believe in what works for their business. It's good to listen to all mm-hmm. the options that you can do. And when I shifted away from feeling like I need to do all these marketing things because I'm doing them for other people and I don't even have my own email list. I shifted from, I talk with my hands so much. I love it. Um, Marketing is all about reaching out and grabbing them and bringing them in. And I shifted to serving Mm. Mm. instead of selling. 
this will not work for major corporations. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. But it works for me. And the minute I made that shift in my mind and went, you know what? I don't want to deal with 40 and 50 authors at once on a call. That's cool for the people who like that. Right. I love dealing with people one-on-one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as I got comfortable with that and went, maybe I won't make millions of dollars, but I love my work. This beautiful thing happened. The work started flowing to me effortlessly and more, um, uh, I got paid more. <laughs> How do I say that nicely? Well, the business, nice way to say <laughs> the business started to work. <laughs> I love it. And then you had new things to learn, right? How to, where to put all your money and, and what to invest in next and investing in yourself in a different way, instead of investing outward marketing, being who you are and being more yes. clear on who you are. Oh, oh, that's so good that you said that because yes, I shifted my money from should I buy AdWords yes. to should I join this coaching program or should I work with this person? And yes, mm-hmm. oh, no wonder you do what you do. You're brilliant. <laughs> Listen to what you just said. <laughs> well, I, I think that the business is inside of us. And I love what you had said before about um, what other people think our business should be and how we present ourselves and how many followers we have. And one of the businesses I used to run, I actually like the fact, I know this maybe sounds terrible, that it has like two and a half stars on Google. And so the reviews are not very good. And it was a multi-million dollar business that did amazing work with clients. And so, but you know, if you were to look up the reviews, you wouldn't think so, but the clients all knew right? And so that was what mattered. And we continued to deliver consistently. And I think, you know, trying to build a sustainable business where you're delivering consistently is really where the model of gold is, you know, like that's a foundation where you can show up the best version of you and deliver for your clients and serving them. makes me think of the Go-Giver book that we recently read where it talks about, you know, how can you serve others? It's just been inspirational. Are there any other books, speaking of books that have inspired you? Oh my gosh. My oh, wait, crazy who am I asking? <laughs> <laughs> my crazy reading list. Okay. I didn't read children's books. Um, I read um, the Seth books by Jane Roberts. I read the Warren Commission report. I always <laughs> love politics. I read um, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. Um, Oh, I'm going to forget. Um, Louise Hay. Yes, all the yes. Louise Hay books. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those type, more inspirational than business. I guess the closest I got to business was Tony Robbins. Yeah. Who does, yeah, that's very inspiring. They're all marked up and, you know, pages folded and everything. But I was getting my guidance from more spiritual books, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that, now that you've had me think about this and even the way I organize my work came from a book written by Jane Roberts, um, talking about 
how artists can be yes. productive. Yeah. And this crazy method still works for me. And I actually recommended it to a client yesterday. <laughs> I love that. There's a book called, oh, there's a book called The War of Art and there's a book book called The Art of War. And I cannot remember which one it is, but it's not the more popular one, the whatever one I'm talking about. <laughs> and then his second book is Turning Pro. And when I read that and he says, you know, are you living in a shadow career? You know, like, is this something that you're kind of like, yeah. And like, oh felt that. <laughs> and so some of those more inspirational, even speaking to artists, you know, like I think um, you're again speaking to the heart of something. Like I was a traditional student where I got the A's. I did what I was supposed to do. And there were so many people in the room that weren't getting the A's, that weren't doing it right according to the system, right? Mm. That were so creative. And maybe it's dyslexic. You know, maybe they had other gifts and talents that weren't being rewarded in the system. And so I started to see like, just because I'm one that fits in the system doesn't mean that. And so in the end, um, I learned for myself that I was like, something is missing here where we're not really, but especially for artists, especially artists, I feel like kind of got lost. So many could get easily lost in the shuffle or hear the words like, "Ah, I think you need to get a real job or like you need to be a little bit more practical. Is that true? Or have you? I am so glad that the education system is changing because there are brilliant people out there who are terrible students. Yeah. And they should not take that as a measure of their intelligence. Um, a lot of these people are coming to me now as authors. I'm fortunate enough that I worked for um, Calvert Homeschooling in their publishing division. And that is where I learned about the different types of learning. And it just opened my mind up that some people are visual learners. Some people learn better by listening to things. Uh, Some people are kinesthetic learners. They had an entire curriculum for these different learning styles. And one of the things we learn, one of the things I learned is the research done about students who had different learning abilities, whether it was ADD or dyslexia, that their parents also had the same communication styles and challenges, but they were undiagnosed because they weren't recognized when they were in school. And these people have developed compensating skills Mm. throughout their entire lives and so many people still don't recognize that they learn one better one way than another right they just get very frustrated right and I have clients coming to me now that um, some of them know they're dyslexic um, and ADD and they don't feel prior to our meeting they didn't think they'd ever be able to write a book because they don't like typing or they don't like writing or they can't concentrate long enough and there are ways to work together there's so many wonderful adapted tools now but these are people like you just mentioned they didn't fit in school they didn't necessarily do well maybe they weren't great at concentrating but they're brilliant. They have so much to share with the world. Uh, 
and I, I'm glad the education system is changing. Um, it helps us all understand people like this and understand our own ways of learning yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, I, I am uh, transitioning to be more of an unschooling mom. And so our children get to pick their method of learning and what they want to learn. And so obviously everything is still in um, beta testing <laughs> as they're getting things. But I, I just really believe in the power of the individual and helping. Like I, I know that whatever works for me doesn't necessarily work for the entire rest of society. So I am really excited about all the tools and the resources and what you just said. Like it really doesn't matter who people are there's a story inside of them and you're able to help bring that out, especially with all the tools that we have today. Like, like you said, somebody could be recording it in audio format or even on video, they could be sending videos and there's, there mm -hmm. isn't anything that um, they have to be restricted by necessarily. Is there anything else? I love this subject and I love seeing that there's like this possibility that anyone could write a book. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience about you or about business? Pursue your dreams. Just pursue your dreams because that was planted in your heart and your mind. If you're excited about the idea to, to follow it in, in some way, that there's, there's a way to get it done. And, you know, maybe it's not a written book. Maybe it's an audio book. Or people are telling their stories through podcasts now which is wonderful. The, the technology is more accessible. I just encourage people to, to try, to try. And there's something to be gained in the process. Very true. Oh my goodness. Becoming like recognizing who you are and learning something to the process. A year ago, it was just a dream to do podcasts. And now to see it as a reality, it's like, you know, the process sometimes takes longer, at least for me, it took longer in a way than I thought it would. And yet it was super fast. It's like one of those things where you can get a lot farther than you think in, you know, say five years, but like in one year, we think we can get farther. Maybe I said that the wrong way. In five years, we can often get way farther than we could even dream of. But in one year, you know, sometimes it might not quite feel like we're making progress. I, know. I don't know if that's true. That, that is so much the case. And, and we need to write these things down. Mm -hmm. I very much have been a list maker. And it helps to write it down and cross it off your list. But I've sort of walked away from the list because when my work changed, um, they were it was making me a little tense, and I was yeah. always adding more to my list than I could possibly get done in one day. And the first thing I did is I changed the name of the page where I wrote these things down to Maggie's Marvelous Opportunities instead <laughs> of my to-do list. I love it. Look at this opportunity I have between yeah. now and 5 p.m. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. It's been so good to talk to you and connect and hear about what you do. And I'm very thankful for the work because I'm glad you're working in your zone of genius. I would not have any ability to help people uh, pull out their stories and then put it into words. Um, so I'm very thankful and I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your time. It's just been so enjoyable chatting with you. And I, I just hope that maybe there's a nugget here that might help 
one one of your clients and, and one of your listeners, if, if there's one thing that helps somebody today, then my work here is done. You've inspired me and Aww. I am sure that you will inspire others because your message feels very authentic and it feels very possible. So thank you. It is possible. If you know what, um, and I swear I'll stop talking eventually. I went to um, a high school. I went all my my school career was spent in a city, and the graduate the, the graduates of my high school, only about forty five percent of them were literate after they graduated high school. It was a time when there was a lot of um, violence in schools and teacher strikes and because it was the city they weren't getting the funding and to look at the way I grew up and where I am now and what I'm doing I would just want to say no matter where you are you you can get there I mean you take somebody from a school where only 45 percent of the people can read when they get out and now she's a ghostwriter you all are way ahead of me. You can do this. <laughs> it's possible. I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Maggie. Thank you. I can't wait till we chat again about something. 